There is a time in the world when we try and figure out exactly what is going on. Lately, we've been noticing a lot of things that seem to signal times that are not so good. Like a school district in Illinois is offering an after-school satanic club at elementary schools. Yes, believe it or not, there is actually a school that would let evil shine in a nation declared to be under God. The Illinois School District is defending the elementary school offering of an after-school club that is dedicated to the symbol of all evil in mankind and the symbol of everything that is against good. They are trying to push this under the banner sponsored by the Satanic Temple of the United States, the program for children grades one through five, will be taught by volunteers at the Jane Addams Elementary School in Moline and will meet five times a year beginning Thursday, according to flyers circulating on social media. According to the flyer, the club will consist of science projects, puzzles, games, and crafts, and everything will be against God. The club says it will help children uh, rank empathy and critical thinking. Yes, uh, that whole critical thinking thing is really big with them. You see, socialism and Satanism are almost a singular thing at many times and many levels, especially for the extreme left. And they also talk of personal sovereignty away from rules Essentially, the activities of the group and a think tank, um, more than a religious institution, said its program will be available in select public schools where they call the good news programs exist. Essentially, this is schools where members have risen within the faculty to become leading lights in those communities. And it has the intention of converting children, their way of thinking. See, their immediate goal, they claim, is not to postulize, not to evangelize, or not to push their religion. But however, let's face it, that is the symbol of everything that is wrong in the world, of everything that is evil. And yet, it would be allowed in that school. Why? Why would they absolutely consider this is almost unthinkable in many other societies, in many other parts of the world. But when a school in a state known for, well, on one side, a liberator, Lincoln, on another side, Obama, who never even really thought he was from that state, in fact, we don't even know what his state of mind is often. This is a kind of thing that makes people wonder why any elementary school would push this. And uh, you could actually email them to ask about it. You could actually sponsor other group meetings. Legally, they are a religion. And yes, as such, they are technically protected under the law. That is, of course, the viewpoint of many places. And 
it would be illegal to deny their organization, according to the teachers' union, access to any publicly funded institution in after-school hours. Discrimination is something that is a problem in many parts of the United States, but discriminating against the ultimate evil of a satanic temple? That is not discrimination at all in a nation that openly says that it is one nation under God. It is a time for choices, and it is a time to realize and call out what is wrong. I'm Mike Cohen, and this is Mike of New York. On the west side of New York City, the joke is that the Wicked Witch is back. Yes, Hillary Clinton has decided that she indeed is going to be trying again to run again for President of the United States. The information has been, of course, talked about by a lot of people. Many are just hoping that old granny goes away because there's just not enough that can be done to keep this lady in check. However, there's also a possibility that she may just go after her old Senate seat in an attempt to return to relevancy in the United States. After all, the Clintons out of politics means the Clintons out of money. I, I mean, the Clintons out of uh, influence. Uh, but these are things that are being raised. Now, part of Clinton's reasons she says she's running is because women are under siege. Uh, that also people who think freely are under siege. And in fact, she is citing many of the efforts of government to keep out. As the Supreme Court has blocked Joe Biden's vaccine mandate on a national scale as going too far reaching and something that should be handed down to the states, the Democrats are really, really, really hitting away and hoping that there is something they, they can do to restore their control as they continue to fail and flounder in an era when things are something incredible to think about. Of course, we learn and we listen. We watch and we think back. But the problem with the Democrats has been, and, and I'm not talking about the average Democrat, the average American who is a member or supports that party and thinks about it. One has to remember that back in the day, the Democratic Party supported things like this. This is Hollywood produced program from the 1950s, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., one of Hollywood's greatest names when it would come to acting. And listen to how he describes Soviet-styled socialism or communism, Marxism, Leninism. The communist propaganda machine is busy the world over undermining and trying to destroy the power of democracy. Nothing must stand in its way. People, truth, decency. All must bow to it. This is well. That, of course, is years ago. Not something recent. Listen again. Decency. All must bow to it. This is well illustrated in a story you are about to hear. Fairbanks, of course, was producing a radio drama that was sponsored by NBC. A radio drama that spoke of government efforts to fight against 
Soviet tyranny. In this show, it was care packages from the United States. Care packages were food packages sent to Europe that had been decimated after the Second World War, destroyed because of the endless conflict, and further hampered by the sudden rise of the Soviet Union and the Cold War. And the Soviets' efforts at that time to sabotage and take away whatever gains could be gained. It is something to think about. It is something to often wonder about why those things would be brought to forth. But of course, we learn and we listen. And, you know, the idea of a new Hillary Clinton run for the White House has nothing to do with her past being linked to the left. Her side of leftism, uh, uh, you know, running again is is not seen as something that, that is ultimately linked to that thing. But the idea that, you know, 2024, she running again, the idea of here comes Hillary is something that a lot of people are almost laughing about, making jokes about. But then again, when it comes to Hillary Clinton and the Today Show, there is a lot to be learned and best listened to as she discusses what exactly she was talking about. I'm, I'm looking forward this weekend to your interview with uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, she is, uh, she's uh, been talking about... Or pretending that what happened on January 6th wasn't an insurrection. Honestly, they have hung their spines up on the wall as they walk into their offices. They have no conscience. They have no spine. See, that is her line, and that has been the Democrat line, that January 6th was an insurrection. Well, first of all, the first element for an insurrection is it must be armed. It must be widespread. It was a riot. It was a protest. It went wild. But in the eyes of the Democrats, this is the only thing that they can grab on, the only thing that they can hope for. And sad to say, a failed old granny who tried three times to run for president and lost and was rejected by the American people is the only thing they want to shove down your throats. Well, uh, Clintons are fond of shoving things down people's throats, as Monica learned and many others. Clear of imagination. And I wrote after January 6th that one of the findings after 9-11 by the 9-11 Commission was a failure of imagination. After January 6th, I think it still is a failure of imagination that the Congress, through its committees in the House, particularly, are trying to get to the bottom of what happened. There is no um, sense of duty or honor on the part of many of the people that worked for Trump. They don't want to cooperate. Probably they're complicitous in some way, and they don't want that to be uh, proven. But I am very worried. and. It didn't end with his defeat. And, you know, we, it's a time to decide whether we're going to be a grown up country or not. Are we going to give in to all of this? Uh, Something called democracy, freedom of expression, freedom of opinion, anything divergent from what her and her cabal want. It's kind of like the, you know, the witch's brew. And that's why they call her the wicked witch of the West Side, because of her attitudes.
and her thinking. It is something that a lot of people are not happy with. The idea of Hillary being dragged out and again dragged before the people as a possible election choice is not really thought of highly by many people across the United States. It is like, why? You know, why would anyone want uh, Thank you for doing that. So to nice come to back. see you. It's so famous or it is repetitive. That's much harder to do. But that's part of the message behind my masterclass about getting resilience and building resilience. And not only in yourself, but in people you care about and particularly uh, young people. Because I worry that we are kind of out of control. I mean, this. See, that that's the big thing for many of these groups, control, 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 making sure that people follow their design. She, she's not talking about freedom. You notice the difference? She doesn't discuss freedom or opportunities. It's all about control, control, control. We must control the outcome. Ah, seek highly. You know, I mean, that's her whole goal in life, it seems, you know, and the Clintons failed in that. And, and they fail to understand that morals and integrity is something that they can, you know, not claim to be a part of anymore. Uh, one can think back and look back. And if you look at reports on what happened with Whitewater, what happened with Benghazi, what happened with many of the scandals that occurred during their term of mass sales of cocaine that were dumped into the United States through Arkansas when he was governor and done in an effort to fund covert operations around the world by several intelligence agencies or factions of intelligence agencies. When investigations were launched into it, there were people like Comey who came in and just shut down those investigations. Hey, you know, you talk about these things too much. Suddenly, people seem to die. And that's why she's jokingly referred to as Hillary. Clinton has also been there for a lot of America's turmoil and not of a lot of America's progress. As Secretary of State, her failure rate was incredible. Most of China's islands in the South China Sea came into being when Clinton was president. While Hillary was touring uh, Singapore, Malaysia, the Philippines, and Vietnam, and talking about building a stronger ASEAN, China was building islands on reefs, expanding its reach, while her husband was getting $500,000 a night speeches in Beijing and other parts of China. It was a one-two punch. Supposedly, it was just fundraising so they could run so that they could defend the world against China. Uh, that's not exactly how it works. A crook is a crook. And in this case, it was a Clinton. I'm Mike of New York, and that's our next segment this morning. Now, let's talk about the ice bowl that is coming. New York has only one real, locally-based, National Football League team. No, it's not the Jets, nor is it the Giants. Both of those teams play at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Close enough, but no cigar. 
they don't pay taxes into New York State, but they use his name. Governor Hochul of New York has constantly asked that this change somehow, but unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. In the meantime, as we listen and learn, we find out that the upcoming game this weekend, yes, the Ice Bowl, coming. It is going to be what, according to analysts predict, will be one of the coldest National Football League games in history. And, you know, while some players are doubtful to play, uh, there's a lot of talk, and of course, major talk. You know, you, you can go right now at this instant and, 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 and listen to what they're saying on the radio in Buffalo and hear that the topic is all about the game. You know, and it's kind of weird. Titans plus 425, Patriots 7-1, to one, AFC odds. Yeah. Like, so Buffalo path in this, like, if the if we got the sim that we get. So this is, yeah, like, because it's New England, Tennessee, KC. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't hate that path. Like, wait till play KC to the last possible game, which is the point. So, you see, that that is... WGR 550 Sports Radio in Buffalo. That's their topic just before 6 in the morning. Uh, football is basically the best thing that is happening to that city or has happened to that city in, in, in a long time. And, you know, we like the Bills. I'm a Bills fan. I go to the games uh, when I can with my son. And, unfortunately, I don't think we'll be going to this game. Now, tickets have gone down to as little as $30. And uh, if you look at my Twitter account, it says, you know, the Bills Patriot wildcard ticket prices are dropping like Sunday's temperature. That's a story that came out of the um, um, uh, the uh, Channel 4 Buffalo, right? And they're, and they're talking about it. So, you know, as you look at it, you know, it, it's going to be colder in uh, Highmark Stadium, you know, uh, this is this is the 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 uh, the thinking. It's going to be colder in Highmark Stadium than it is going to be, um, <laughs> than it is going to be, um, uh, playing hockey uh, on the ice at at uh, at at, at, at uh, you know Key Bank Center, in Buffalo. So 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 that is. Whew, a lot, a lot colder than what is going to be gone. So, you know, as as you look at the situation, um, there is a major plan to see what they can do to make sure that COVID uh, restrictions will be followed, considering how cold it is going to be. But at the same time, um, it definitely will be a, a major game to be listened to and heard. Well, let's listen to more. So as you listen and learn, there is a lot to be learned. Uh, I am actually trying to find on my computer. This is the problem when you open up about 50 screens and you're trying to find exactly um what exactly or where exactly you left a story that you're reading or trying to read 
and it's, it's even more difficult when you're affected by uh, <laughs> when you're affected by blindness. Uh, but you know, hey, it is it is something that uh, <laughs> you uh, learn to deal with. So let, let's look at it again. So we're in AccuWeather now, and uh, right now where I am, it's it's cold, but not that cold. It's way above freezing, about ten degrees above freezing. Uh, there have been only a handful of games, according to AccuWeather, uh, in postseason history that have been played in weather colder than the matchup that is expected to take place in Buffalo, New York, actually in Orchard Park, New York, which is a low community just north of Buffalo. And uh, most rabid fan bases, of course, are viewed as Bill's Mafia. And these are the guys who consider themselves, you know, almost a a mafia-like clan or group or family that protects the bills or so supports the bills. And of course, to be inducted into it is uh, something pretty important or be accepted into the uh, numerous mafia groups that are out there on uh, Facebook. But essentially, uh, the game is going to be really, really, really cold. So what exactly is it and how cold will it be? Well, let's listen to what they say. Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York, is home to some of the most hardened fans of one of the National Football League's most tortured franchises. The Buffalo Bills have had more Super Bowl misfortune than any other team, yet their super fans, lovingly nicknamed the Bills Mafia, continue to show up week after week in all sorts of weather. Even after the seasons change from fall to winter, members of the Bills Mafia show up annually in some of the worst weather conditions football can possibly be played in. As the playoffs begin in January and the intensity of games increases, the temperatures in Buffalo plummet and fans get creative to stay warm. For Sean Reardon, this game will be unlike any other he's ever attended. I was at the 2008 Buffalo Bills and Patriots game where the wind was extremely crazy. The goalposts were blowing down, part of the training center roof blew off, Reardon recalled in an interview with AccuWeather. That weather was nuts. That was cold, wicked windy, but nothing like what I'm imagining the temperature is going to be like on Saturday. So as the computer reads that story, you can imagine what it's going to be like. I would love to be in the Jim Kelly section of the stadium. This is where they have like booths, the clubhouse, uh, you know, really nice seats. Uh, ticket prices are definitely going to be in the hundreds of dollars and nobody is selling those seats. The seats that are being sold for as little as $30 as are nosebleed seats exposed to the elements on the uppermost deck where the winds are expected to hit as high as 30 miles an hour. You literally will need to hang on to the handrails to be able to go down the flights of stairs to get into the building and be able to, uh, uh, you know, watch it. This is this is one of those places where they could give you a beer that has been heated in a microwave to a boil, and by the time you get to the upper deck of the stadium, it will be nice and chilly and cold. Yes, uh, that is definitely going to be the case. So if you are a member of Bill's Mafia and you don't have tickets and you're planning to tailgate and enjoy it, God bless you. Enjoy the game, you know, and uh, bless your heart, as they say down south. 
here in New York City, I don't think they even have fans that loyal to a team that they would be willing to go into sub-zero freezing weather to be able to watch a game. Uh, that would be probably uh, tough to push and sell. It could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. So we all hope for the best, and we all hope that things will go well. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's a game. Uh, whatever happens, happens. And uh, those of you who support Bill's Mafia, who who like, you know, listening, watching, uh, being part of that that whole scene, and enjoy it, it is something to uh, to often uh, consider. And uh, you know, Josh Allen puts it very well when he uh, when he you know goes on these uh, press conferences and and discussions and talks that that he comes up with to uh to uh express his views on what's happening uh you know during the um uh during the the, the entire uh, situation and uh, how exactly you know it is for them uh and and the analysis of it all as of course you know few can do with the with this whole situation uh, you know, it, it is it is definitely hard to be essentially a two hundred and fifty million dollar a year quarterback. Uh, I'm sorry, two hundred fifty million dollar quarterback, not a year. Uh, you know, um, and uh, and um, uh, you know, the, the, this whole thing that comes up. With you know the way they're they're discussing things, the way they're they're, they're talking about it, the way uh, you know all the efforts are being raised, uh, you know, and 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 the cold weather discussion of this game is something uh, so important and huge uh, for it, you know, and and, and what exactly uh, they feel about it, uh, you know. And uh, what exactly they're thinking about it. So let's just listen in to him and what he says. And uh, this was this was a press conference. I think it's, it's the only press conference you're going to hear about it just before the game and what he had to say about it. So let's listen hey, Josh, to Josh. John Worrell. Hey, John Worrell. Good. You? Doing great. Let's try a bit of a curveball. Uh, is there any appreciation of the fact that you have more wins against New England than – as I count, eight, seven of your predecessors in Buffalo? Uh, I mean, Windsor, Windsor are a team stat, um, in my opinion. So, um, obviously, the last couple of years, we've, we've had a pretty good team and guys doing the right thing. And, um, you know, that, that usually accumulates to wins. But, again, playing at home in a divisional round against our division rival, uh, a team that's been – the standard for long-term success in the NFL for the last 25, 30 years. Um, again, it's going to be, it's going to be a great challenge. We're super excited for the opportunity. Um, obviously they, they beat us at home last time and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be another dog fight. What if it, and, and it is a team stat, just to, I agree with you. What do you think has changed over the course of the past two years in which the Bills have had an edge over uh, over New England, and how much confidence or maybe reassurance does that provide this team, knowing that you can, you have been able to beat the Patriots? 
I think every game has just a, a different flow to it, a different type of situation, um, a different feel. Um, but again, it's, it's the guys that Bean and Sean have, have brought in, um, have guys within the locker room, but the leadership that we have, the trust that we have in, in one another. And we're going to need that come Saturday night because, again, it, it's hard to beat a team twice in the season. Um, obviously, that speaks for both sides because we're, we're one and one on the season. But again, they beat us at home. And that's where we're playing this game. So uh, we, we got to be ready for, for whatever they can throw at us. And um, again, it's going to be it's going to be a, a 12 round slugfest. Um, in my opinion, it's going to take all four quarters to win a game. Thanks, Josh. Hey, Josh, kind of on the heels of that, it's unusual to play a team three times. I mean, the, the Bills and Patriots haven't played in the playoffs since 1963. Um, I guess my question to you is this, just uh, how difficult is it to prepare? And, you know, division games tend to be tighter uh, a lot of the time because of familiarity with an opponent. So can you talk to me, kind of looking ahead to this one, based on that and the challenge of going against this team in particular on a third time this year? Yeah, I mean, again, they, they do so many great things, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Being able to switch coverages, be able to play man coverages out of zone looks and zone coverages out of man looks. Um, they just got a lot of smart, savvy veteran players over there that, that play to their strengths and, and they're extremely well coached. Um, and when you have that type of defense, you know, they're, they're – they're relying on the offense to make mistakes and expecting the offense to make mistakes um, because they're so sound fundamentally. So um, obviously ball security is the number one priority going into this game and um, trying to end every drive with a kick. Um, but again, playing three, uh, a team three, three times in the season, um, they, we know each other extremely well. They know us, we know them. So it's whoever can adjust quicker, uh, whoever can show a different look that maybe first go around or the first or the second go around uh, we've seen and, and throw something a different wrinkle into it. So again, and that's why coach Belichick is, you know, one of the, if not the greatest coach of all time, just his ability to, to switch things up for a quarterback and uh, make you see different things. All right. So, so, you know, as, as you listen to that press conference, I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's about 15 minutes long. And, and we took the, you know, first couple of questions that came out against, uh, I mean, not against, but uh, uh, to, to Josh Allen. You, you know, the a lot of respect that Allen has uh, for the opponents, for the Patriots. And, of course, uh, uh, who wouldn't? You know, they, they have won uh, however many Super Bowls they've won. They've won more Super Bowls than, than any other team. I think six, seven, I keep forgetting. I mean, they were in 10 probably. And Belichick has been in, in 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 a major force in the NFL for over a decade, and and of course, you know that the, the uh, Bills are the upstart in this situation. And we wish him well. We wish everybody a safe game, and uh, hopefully, everybody leaves with all their fingers and toes intact. It's going to be a frostbite level game. I would love to attend it. You know, I would love to be there, but it's probably not going to happen. No, I don't think so. So as we meet the sunrise on the Friday before the game of the season for at least Buffalo, a major rivalry, uh, the Bills and uh, versus Belichick or the Bills versus the Patriots. We look and learn and listen and wish everybody well. God bless you all who listen to this podcast. Thank you for tuning in, Mike of New York. Hey, 30 minutes of your day spent on here. That's a great thing to give to anybody. And giving me that much time and attention is a wonderful thing to do. So God bless you. God be with you. 
Have a pleasant day. And remember, always remember, keep your sights clear so you know what's coming your way. Have a pleasant day. I'm Mike of New York, Mike Cohen, and this has been another podcast for you from New York City. Have a wonderful day.